Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. Today, I have with me Erica Talley. Erica is with Microsoft, but she has one of the most unique backgrounds or rather a career path to Microsoft. So I was excited to have her on the podcast. So Erica, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Erica, could you tell our audience a little bit about your professional background? Sure. I started out my career as a consultant 16 years ago now, and I was mostly focused on SharePoint, enterprise content management, and records management. I would work with an organization's compliance experts to help them translate the requirements into Microsoft technology. And then I also just spent a few years working at a Microsoft 365 records management product company as their product evangelist. So Erica, you have had one of the most interesting paths to Microsoft, being an employee of Microsoft that I've seen. You've worked around and with Microsoft products as a subject matter expert for many years. What was that experience like to focus in on, on one product yet not work for that company? Yeah, the Microsoft ecosystem is full of partners that help customers implement their technologies. I mean, Microsoft really is in the business of selling licenses. And I found as a consultant specializing in this area that it presented really interesting end-user adoption and change management problems. The pace of change in technology has been fast the last 20 years. And there's often better ways of doing things, but you have to balance doing things the best way with disrupting productivity and business through change. And so I think it's really interesting to help companies find that balance. Erica, why is this space so interesting to you? Well, I think it's really interesting to work with an organization's compliance experts and help to translate their requirements into Microsoft technology. It's interesting because a lot of times the compliance experts have a vision in their mind of how something would work, but then we need to work together to help it be a usable solution. Because it's better, I think, to be 80% compliant with a solution that everyone uses and helps manage their data with, rather than the perfect solution in the records manager or compliance person's mind that only really gets you to 20% management because no one wants to use it. Erica, I was going to pose this question to you, but I think you may have already given us the answer, but let me throw it out to you anyway, because as a Microsoft product subject matter expert, you obviously had to grow and learn with Microsoft products. And I now understand a little bit better how you were able to wed those product solutions with compliance issues. But how did you really keep up and maintain a level of subject matter expertise with the Microsoft suite of products as those products have, I don't want to say exploded, but certainly grown? Well, it's a team effort. So basically, smart people ask me smart questions. I say, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And then I would go click around and figure out every nook and cranny of the tools and how we could kind of stretch the configuration to meet their need or their question. Erica, I have to ask you almost a personal question, but certainly personal for my information. What are your two or three top tricks 
tips or how-tos for Office 365 compliance, SharePoint, Microsoft Teams, or any of the other Microsoft products that you have uh, specialized in over the years? Well, I'll give you a, a personal answer. So people are going to find ways to work and collaborate with or without you. So as the compliance person, if you make a solution that's too hard to use because it's your ultimate compliance dream, people are going to use their company credit card to buy a different cloud subscription that you don't even know about or figure out how to share files with people outside the company because they need to do that to accomplish their job. So it's better for us to work together to find a solution that everyone can use. I'd also encourage people to be open to accomplishing your requirements in a different way. Like most things in life, I think you either get what you actually want or you get to dictate what it looks like, if that makes any sense. So I'd rather help compliance managers actually get to their real requirements. And then lastly, learn how to ask good questions or even like the right question at the right time. I find that a lot of misunderstandings or stalls in projects are because people just weren't asking the right questions and they were making assumptions that weren't always correct. Erica, I'd like to turn to now your work at Microsoft. You're currently a Microsoft employee. Could you tell us a little bit about your current role at Microsoft? So my official title is really long. It's Senior Product Marketing Manager for Information Governance and Records Management. But what that really means is my day-to-day -day work is to help manage the records management business at Microsoft and act as a subject matter expert. So I also, I spend a lot of my time on readiness for the different areas of Microsoft to help them support information governance and records management. For example, working with the person who manages our field sellers, the people out there meeting with customers to make sure those people have the right materials, message, and knowledge to really help their customers innovate with Microsoft's technologies. What would you say are some of the biggest differences in being an employee of Microsoft vis-a-vis -vis your old role as a subject matter expert for companies helping customers utilize the Microsoft suite of tools? I think the biggest difference is the scale of the impact that you can make as a Microsoft employee. So previously, when I was working as a consultant and industry expert, I could present at conferences and try to influence and help companies with their strategies. But I couldn't get Microsoft to make you know, those little tweaks or improvements or feature requests that would really make a huge difference in the industry and help move the entire industry forward. So now working here and managing the records business, I can influence those things. Let me step back to a, and first of all, congratulations. You published Microsoft 365 Compliance this year. And I wanted to ask, why did you write this book? Who is your audience? And what are some of the two or three biggest things you're trying or concepts you're trying to get across in the book? So I wrote the book because I found that my customers didn't understand what they owned when they bought the Microsoft 365 compliance suite. There's a lot of solutions in there and they just didn't understand where to start, how it worked, or even what business scenarios it could help them accomplish. Microsoft has great and thorough documentation, but they are very strict on the style guidelines they need to follow. And it is typically written for a technical audience. So I found that 
writing a book allowed me to explain the Microsoft compliance solutions in a more narrative or storytelling manner. And the book is for either compliance people that want to understand the Microsoft 365 compliance suite and its capabilities, but it's also for IT people that want to understand the why behind these compliance features, including how, why they would choose one configuration option over another. So my hope is that if both sides read the book, they'd have a common language to use when discussing a project and planning their deployments. So it results in an overall better product, or project and deployment. Erica, what are some of the key Microsoft product offerings around record management and info governance? So I think we have all of the features and functionality that you would expect from especially a records management system. So things like being able to manage the lifecycle of your content, retain and delete data, classify your content either automatically or manually. Not every organization is the same. So there's a lot of options for how to classify your data to meet your specific needs. And then on the records management side, we have typical things like event-based retention, the ability to manage your retention schedule, and of course, the ability to manage the disposition of process and approvals. There's much more in there, but that's a brief overview. I'd like to turn now to maybe how we use some of these tools in compliance. And before we really get into some of the specific questions, I see compliance as a very broad discipline. You're right now in records management and info governance, but I see those two topics or even disciplines in a much uh, broader context for compliance, even as far as ESG or other initiatives. So I wanted to start with the question of how do you translate compliance needs into Microsoft offerings, or perhaps maybe even the better question would be, how do you translate Microsoft offerings to solve compliance needs? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The number one blocker I see to doing that is actually not specific to technology. It's that there aren't clearly defined roles and responsibilities in the organization about who needs to be give input on decisions and how decisions are made. Because in order to really create a good offering around any of the compliance tools, you have to get the business decision makers and the business experts together with IT, and then figure out how you want to work together and divide those roles and responsibilities. So as an example, once those are defined, you can say, I need to make decisions about what communications supervision tool to use. The business gives their requirements. And then the IT department can ask questions to further clarify that and start working on the technical solution like a proof of concept. And then once the proof of concepts built, the business can see it again and give feedback and you iterate it on it in that manner. I'm going to turn to now specifically Microsoft Teams because that product, at least in my experience, has become uh, very widespread, certainly in uh, 2021, but during the pandemic as well. And how would you assess the adoption of Microsoft Teams as impacting compliance? Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, more business is conducted in Microsoft Teams today than before 2020. It's become the hot tool of the past 18 months. So the first thing I would encourage compliance teams to look at is realizing that 
business decisions are being made in teams, those may or may not be records. But we need to realize that decisions are being made in there. And then also along with that, sensitive information or proprietary information is being shared in teams. And so there's lots of Microsoft options for protecting and identifying that data so that it doesn't get leaked outside the organization. So only the proper people can access it. And so, you know, I saw these Teams deployments happened so fast a year ago because we needed to keep doing our business. And now I'm seeing the compliance teams really going back in a very detailed way to make sure they're meeting their compliance requirements and regulations in, with the T- Microsoft Teams content. Let me now turn to a little bit into the future, but also something that I think you are quite passionate about. First, I would note for our listeners, you're the first University of Puget Sound alumni who has come on to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast. So first of all, welcome for that. But you have been a business mentor for students at uh, University of Puget Sound for 10 plus years. Why did you start that? But more importantly, why do you continue to do so, Erica? Yeah. So I graduated from a program at that school called the Business Leadership Program, which is essentially an honors business program you apply to your senior year of high school. And as part of that program, they have a formal mentorship part of the program where they match you with an alumni or other community business leader so that students get exposure to more real life situations and perspectives outside of academia. So I do it because I I get a lot from it, to be honest. I want to support the next generation of leaders. And I learn a lot from the questions that the students ask. And just from the younger generation that has a complete different perspective. So I, you know, hope that my mentorship gives back to them as well. But being a mentor is also very rewarding in itself. Let me turn to that veiled land of the future and ask you, what do companies, lawyers, and even compliance professionals need to be thinking about into 2025 and perhaps even beyond around records management and info governance? Well, The first one is something that we need to do immediately. We should have done it a couple years ago. And that is, I find that the vast majority of records managers are still thinking about electronic content as if it was paper records. They, you know, want to have a a SharePoint site that's like your file cabinet and then document libraries that are like your boxes and they want to know what papers in the boxes. And that approach just will not work for the scale of electronic data. And so we need to shift the industry's thinking to a more electronic approach. Now, we haven't completely defined that approach. And I think it's an exciting time to be in records because we get to figure that out together. And then looking ahead five years, four years to 2025, I think we're going to be leveraging artificial intelligence a lot more to deal with this volume of electronic records. So we can use the records categories and what files have been designated with that category as an input to building these AI models so they're even more accurate. And then the one that's probably not on people's radar yet, Microsoft Office has announced something called the Fluid Framework. So in non-techie speak, it's basically saying, let's say we had an agenda for this podcast and you and I worked at the same company. I could paste that agenda into a Microsoft Teams chat I could make changes or tweaks to it, and it would appear both in the chat 
and in the Word document in real time. Now, this brings up a lot of interesting questions for records management. Number one, do we need to now manage this agenda as a record and then also keep track of, you know, it was used in document A and document B and this email over here. And when we do that, what retention schedule or category wins? So I think it's going to be a lot of interesting challenges for us to figure out together. Erica, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we wrap up, we have a special bonus question for you. And uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you're the first University of Puget Sound alum to go on this podcast. I had the chance to visit the University of Puget Sound when my daughter was considering universities and colleges to attend. She did not attend University of Puget Sound. But frankly, I fell in love with the school when I toured it and met with the staff. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit what it was like to go to school there and a couple of the highlights from your undergrad days. Sure. So I'm going to give like the, I guess, proper answer, which is it was the only school I could find the honors business program where it was in a liberal arts education. And I thought that if I wanted to be a real business leader, you know, I'd probably work be working with. English majors and computer science majors and psychology majors. And so at a school like Puget Sound, you are constantly in the same classes as people with different majors and you're learning to work with them. It also had a really small class size and it really taught me how to think and how to write really well. And especially the writing piece has very much served me even to this day because, uh, you know, people can write, but writing well is a very honed skill, like, for example, the book. And then the non kind of diplomatic answer is, when I stepped on that campus, it was just magical. It was kind of like going to Hogwarts. It's a beautiful campus. And it's a privilege to every day get to go there and learn and feel like you're in this kind of utopia where everyone's focused on learning and critical thinking. So those are the two reasons. Well, those are two of finer reasons, as I've heard. Unfortunately, now we are at the end of our time, Erica. But I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or any of the topics we've touched upon in this podcast, where could they go? Sure. So you can find the Microsoft 365 compliance book on Amazon or A-Press's website. And then I'm hoping I can include some links in the description of the podcast to couple of resources. So we have a great blog that goes over any announcements we're making. We do regular webinars that contain information that's useful for you know years after the webinar. And then we've also partnered with our customer adoption team to build deployment guide that helps you get started on planning your records management deployment. So I'll share those links with you. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. You really uh, opened up my to a lot of different topics. And I hope that perhaps in the future, I might be able to call upon you to, to come back on the podcast and we can visit on some of these topics again. Yeah, anytime. I'm actually a longtime listener and a big fan of your podcast. So it was very exciting to be joining you today. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.